This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode number 320 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. It also happens to be episode 18 of Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. Lesson for Auten Limited. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Sparkle and Boom, American Horsewoman's Challenge, and Easy Signs Online. Plus, Riding Warehouse. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Helena B. And this is Tissy Finn. And you're listening to Chasing a Fox on the Horse Radio Network. Welcome back, Sissy. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. We also have Coach Jen with us today from the famous and amazing Horse Tips Daily Show. Welcome, Jen. Hi-ho! Jen, um, Jen is actually the person who taught me how to hunt, and she's responsible for giving me my first taste, dose, yep. hit. Yeah, and for those of you who don't like that, like uh, people who have to take care of broken bones, if you have a complaint, please send it to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> have to take care of broken bones. That would be me. Uh, so, I can't believe that happened. I know, I know, I know. We will get into details if you haven't listened to last month's Chasing a Fox episode. Or actually, no. There's last month's that happened Chasing after. That happened after last week's Stable Scoop episode. You can get the full skinny on um, which bone I broke and how I did it. Uh, suffice it to say that I'm not going to be hunting anytime within the next six to eight weeks. Um, but that's okay because what I can do is shop. And one of the places that I love to shop, especially online, is Auten Limited. And we have with us today... Daphne Markrow. She's from Auten Limited, and she's going to talk to us about the company, its equestrian connection, their products, and what's new for fall. Sparkle and Boom is a new media marketing company. Our mission is to help small businesses add some sparkle to their marketing in order to get some boom in their bottom line. Our creativity, combined with an extensive background in the equestrian industry, makes us perfectly suited to help your business capture the potential of social media and the ever-changing World Wide Web. Visit us online at www.sparkleandboom.com. Don't miss the first-ever American Horsewoman's Challenge. Forty of the top female horse trainers in North America compete for $28,000 in cash and prizes. It's three days of intense competition, demonstrations by top clinicians Linda Pirelli, Julie Goodnight, Aton, and others. Plus the Extreme Cowboy Race with Craig Cameron. Tickets start at just $80 and are available through Ticketmaster. Don't miss the American Horsewoman's Challenge, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma. All right, but back to fox hunting and chasing a fox. <laughs> we need to catch up with Sissy Finn because right now she's really the only one out of the three of us who's been hunting. Or Jen, you're not. You've not hunted recently, have you? Uh, no, they have stuff over the summer months, but I yeah, it's uh, 89 yeah. degrees and four inches of rain, and no, oh, like, things will start awful. picking up again next month. <laughs> Well, then we'll tap oh into you then. And in the meantime, we're going to live vicariously through Sissy. So, so what's cooking, girl? You, you had opening on, meat. Your, your ponies oh. are shaved. What's happening? Yeah, we had opening meat last, last weekend. Um, so we switched our clothes from Rat Catcher. Now we're in our formal season. So we've got on our stock ties and our black coats. And the scarlets are out, which is always fun to look at. Um, opening meat was great. It's the first opening meat that I've ever been to that 
almost every single person that was out hunting was relaxed, and so were their horses. Everybody was just going along. It, it was perfect. It was perfect. There was no craziness. It was kind of weird. <laughs> I kept waiting, and nothing ever happened. It was just good, good, good hunting is what it was for opening well, that's week. That's boring. Is, I, 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 well, it is boring, <laughs> but honestly, I mean, how often does that happen? That it doesn't happen. Happens. It doesn't Never. happen. Never. And actually, a good friend of mine, uh, Missy, who hasn't hunted in years because it can be so terrifying, she said, I actually, because she, she followed the hunt for a little while, she said, I really wanted to be out there. Everybody was so relaxed and having so much fun. She said, I just, it was the first time she said in a long time that she thought, I really want to go <laughs> with these people. So, I don't know, but that's not to say that things aren't going to go crazy, you know, let's see, Saturday morning. So day after tomorrow, I'll be out hunting again. That doesn't mean it's going to be a chill hunt. But Now, was, it, it was, was opening day a, a Saturday or a Sunday or... It was a Saturday. It was a glorious day. Um, beautiful sunshine. Um, big crowd of people, you know, came to the event. Not on horses, of course. And and when you get a lot of people around the horses like that, there were there were more spectators even than riders. Yeah. Um, it can get everything really kind of kooky. But it didn't. I don't know what was going on. There must have been something in that. Orange juice. I mean, that yeah, they, they, that's what it was. They spiked the orange juice and they spiked the water trough, both. <laughs> well, I, I put a new picture on my Facebook page the other day, and it's me on my horse, and it's, my head is down because I'm trying to guzzle <laughs> real quickly my wine, my liquid courage before I'm going because I know what can happen. Um, but I guess I didn't need it. Or maybe everybody had that liquid courage, and that's why everybody <laughs> was so chill. But it I was think really fun. Was. I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably. It was a really good time. Um, but we've got the Blessing of the Hounds is uh, a week from Monday. So that's another huge hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for next week because we're going um, on Saturday. Next Saturday, we're hunting from the farm where my horse lives. That's and always then- fun. Pardon me? That's always fun when they do that, because then you just get to hop on and run out the door. Right. And there, well, I ride my horse for at least an hour before I go hunting, so I can't do that. Holy but, cow, girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes him better. You know, miles make manners. If we go out and ride for an hour, he walks out onto the field to go hunting, and he's like, what's up, everybody? Instead of being like, oh, my God, we're going hunting. <laughs> <laughs> he has so to go really- hunting before he goes hunting. Kind of. It really benefits me to ride him first. Although for opening meat, it's it's like a three-hour hunt usually for opening meat. I thought, oh gosh, if I have to go ride him for an hour and then go hunting, I'm going to be exhausted. So God bless my trainer. He took him out and rode him before I went, Um, which is kind of nice, you know, and power him out a little bit. Hey, I'm envisioning a new business model here. Hire yourself out for pre-hunts. For pay me 25 bucks and I'll go out and trot your horse around for an hour and a half before the hunt starts. That's right. Yeah. That's a new business. <laughs> well, you know, I, in the old, if you think about it, back in the day, people didn't trailer to hunt. They hacked to all the hunts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's good for a horse to, to get out there and move around and not just, like, come out of the stall, get on the trailer, get off yeah. of the meat and go hunting. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's not a lot of horses that can handle that. So I'm a and big proponent. And there's proponent. a physical warm-up, too. You know, there's a, they're, 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 their muscles get moving, but they're not, you're not at a flat-out gallop. When you're, you can kind of do a leisurely hack to a meet, um, your yep. horse gets your blood moving and in a nice, calm way. So by the time they do get there, I mean, an hour ahead of time, an hour before you hunt, it's not the most convenient thing. But right. it's a nice alternative to sticking them with some ace. You know, a lot of people do Definitely. that. Yeah kind of the au natural way to get him ready. Well, and um, I think that you can, like, if, he, if even if he's ridden an hour the morning of the hunt, he's good. It just can't be, you know, people think, well, I can't ride him for, you know, an hour and a half a night before I go out hunting and think that that did it. So it still can be a few hours away from the hunt, but it has to be done. It has to be done. 
and he, your horse is still relatively new to hunting. I mean, I know he had some experience, but he's not yeah. a made field hunter. So it, it's very likely, because he has a really good disposition, it's very likely that you'll get to a point sooner than later probably where you won't need to do that. And he'll just, he'll know his job. He'll understand that the, you know, the excitement is actually work. <laughs> and he right. will probably chill out a little bit, you think? I, you know, I do. I really, I'm, I'm confident that that will happen. Um, but I, I didn't want to start him wrong, and I didn't want him to have bad experiences this his first season. So I'm yeah. very mindful about how I'm doing this with him, and um, and it seems to be working so far, so good. So hopefully it'll just continue to get better every time because it's it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty I'm not. Good. I'm not. I, I was telling you the other day. I'm not saying, "Oh my God, I have to go hunting this afternoon." I'm like, "Oh, I get to go hunting this afternoon." totally different feeling than I've ever had. So <laughs> that's awesome. It's, it is pretty it is a good feeling. I mean, you still <laughs> like, I, I get that tingling feeling in my fingertips, you know, it's like this electricity that, that runs in your blood. And like yeah. when you go to bed the night before and you're like, Oh my God, I'm hunting tomorrow. And no matter how many times you're, no matter how many times you get up at the crack of dawn and start braiding your horse's tail and mane and you're all ready, you still have that shaky electricity and, and it doesn't go away until, I think until you start trotting for, yes. for me until you, you, you head off, you know, at a, at a good trot. It's been, I don't know. It just, it's all, it's, a, it's like a built up excitement. I'm getting it right now. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. It's I'm stretching the ground for the next six weeks. I can, Oh my God, hunt. Helena. It's so awful. I cannot hunt. I took my daughter, um, out on her, quote, first trail ride out behind our house. So we have this overgrown meadow, and I decided to have a little fun with the tractor. So I mowed this really fun, like, loop-de-loop trail all through the meadow. And I said, Grace, come on, let's, let's go out back, and, and um, let's, let's start introducing you to trail riding, and hopefully that will lead to fox hunting. So, of course, we're right, out there. Exactly. We're halfway. It's a small field. It's only a couple of acres, so we're halfway around it. And it starts to rain. And I don't mean like tweet, 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 tweet. I mean kaboosh rain. Fuck it. <laughs> I had no idea this was coming. And, you know, despite the fact that I checked the radar like a freak, um, I didn't know that the skies were going to open up like this. And it was scary. It was really loud because all of the leaves on the trees around the meadow just oh yeah, making this huge sound. Now, the horses were fine until something in the woods got rattled by all this rain and my horse decided to take a leap sideways about 30 feet and left me where I was so <laughs> the the result was a, a broken arm well wrist Ugh, I can't even stand it awful Ugh. awful couldn't you break your arm in like May June I know that's, February that's one, of our, one of our stable scoop fans says you're not supposed to break your arm now you're supposed to do it in the winter <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. The timing could not be any worse. Oh my Honestly, gosh. I know, I know. So I'm not gonna be I, I think I'm gonna miss most of the hunt season. Right now Sissy and I are scheming for me to perhaps make it up for Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, please. Well, you know something, Helena? If what? if if uh, you don't get to hunt much, you can always come down to Florida because we hunt all winter. I'm coming down well, to Florida true. either way. And it's warm when we hunt all winter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's and I have fine. a really that's... lovely horse that loves to fox hunt, so... Okay, that's fine. I'm gone. Then that's where I'll be. So everybody wants to know where I will be from middle of December until the middle of June. There you go. <laughs> I'll be with that's Jack. That's perfect. There we go. <laughs> what do you oh, guys hunt down there? Is it, is it drag, Jen? Do you hunt fox? Do you hunt coyote? We have a drag hunt on the north side of Ocala, and we have a live hunt on the south side. The drag hunt on the south side, um, coyote and fox both, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the pack is really, really lovely about not chasing the wild boars everywhere. They're probably oh, afraid of them. them they're so <laughs> there are wild boars everywhere. Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. If there's so more than two acres, know. there's a wild boar on it. And if, it's a, and if there's a pond, there's an alligator in it. That's pretty much how it works. Oh, okay. So alligators, ponds, wild boars. Why do I want to come down there and ride again? <laughs> I'm not going riding there. <laughs> you do not. You not. You don't dilly dally in the water crossings. Keep moving. 
keep oh moving. Oh, my gosh. I would never even have thought right. of that. That's so what, horrible. So what do you think in ride with spurs and a crop? Okay, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Um, so how come you don't hunt the boar? Oh, because, no, that would be a bad idea. This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England-style farm signs, their most popular line of signs. New England-style farm signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required, no wood to rot, and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Sissy and I are going to talk with Daphne Markro from Outen Limited. And if you've been... Well, if you've been alive in the last couple of years, then uh, and you've been involved in the horse world and shopping, you'll know them as the very sophisticated, elegant equestrian brand. Um, they're all over Pinterest, Facebook, and they have a beautiful website. So we're going to talk to Outen's president and founder, Daphne Markro, coming up. But before we get Daphne on the line, we have a little announcement to make. The Horse Radio Network is going to be at the World Percheron Congress at the Big E in Massachusetts on Tuesday of next week. Glenn, Glenn the Geek, Dr. Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show, and me, Helena B., will be attending. Horse Radio Network will be doing two live shows of Horses in the Morning at 9 a.m. Eastern and the Driving Radio Show at 2 p.m. Eastern. Plus, and here's the best part, Glenn and Wendy will be participating in the Celebrity Driving event at 5 p.m. We really hope to see bunches and bunches of our listeners there. If you want details about the show, you can go to www.2014worldpercheroncongress.com for details. And you can stop by the booth and see us in the Stroh Building, booth number 13. Welcome, Daphne, to the Chasing a Fox radio show. We are super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, before we actually started recording, everybody, I had to confirm with Daphne exactly how we pronounce the name of her company, which is yes. Outen Limited, right? Correct. Where did the name come from? The name is actually a family name. So it was my maiden name um, before I got married. So because of so much of the inspiration um, that I've gotten from the stylish people that came before me in my family... Um, I thought it would be an appropriate use of the name. And um, you know, ex- Go ahead, Sissy. Oh, I was on your website last night and looking, poking around a little bit, and it's so fascinating how the whole thing started. So can you share with our listeners the story about the bag, the original bag that started this whole company? Sure, sure. Um, so I'm a rider and um, have my horses at home at my farm, and a while back, I um, was shipping them to a trainer's um, for schooling, and I had two horses, and I was by myself and needed really like a tack trunk worth of stuff. By the time I got there, they both had, you know, um, different gear and um, different bridles, different boots, that kind of thing. So I, you know, and of course, I couldn't lift my trunk by myself. So I really longed for a bag that acted like a tack trunk. Um, and it really came to a head when I was shipping into a farm that had a little bit of a cold, the, you know, some of the horses were. And I did not want to put them, um, you know, into another horse's stall. So I wanted to keep them in the wash rack with, you know, basically a bag in front of me that, you know, held everything from saddle to bride, two bridles, two different sets of boots, you know, um, all the gear that you need, my, my own stuff. 
So I had it designed and, you know, pieces fell into place. I loved the, I chose wax canvas because I've always loved, you know, barber coats and that kind of thing. And that turned out to be great. And just the, you know, functionality of the bag. Um, and as I, you know, used it more and ran into more horse friends and even took it to horse shows, I kind of, you know, sold a couple without even thinking about how to get them, you know, reproduced. The first bag came from Argentina. So um, that was not super practical on a one-by-one basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I traveled with it, more and more people wanted it, and I made it for a few friends, and then I said, I- I've got to stop, you know, spending my whole life, you know, making them one-by-one and figured <laughs> out how to. And then the production kind of took on a life of its own, and, oh, gosh, I traveled around the world trying to find production, and everything went kind of on hold for a year probably. Um, as I went to, you know, China and India and, um, neither of those places worked out. And then I had a long, um, courtship and lots of samples with a great company in California. And just as I was sending off my first purchase order, they went under after three generations making. Oh dear. So that was kind of, you know, where the times that it was. Um, and then, you know, and, you know, I launched an end of, 2007, and everyone knows what what happened to the uh, to the economy. Um, so the ho- first horse show I went to was just like people were you know ashen um, walking around and certainly not shopping. Um, so it, it's been, but it's fine because at about the same time I had you know my first of two children, and so this you know slow grow has um, been perfect for my family actually. I like that the slow grow. Yeah, we're in a similar yeah. place. Do you still carry the bag, the original bag that you manufactured? Is that still available? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's called the tack trunk. The tack trunk bag. So I first made it in a non-rolling version, mostly, you know, for hauling horse stuff and just didn't want the extra weight of the wheels and, you know, rolling down a aisleway could scare some horses, mine especially. So I really saw it as a non-rolling bag, but then... Gosh, my uh, one of my first shows was Lake Placid, and um, it was really funny because, uh, you know, kind of the tax trunk went viral within this one little barn, and they kept sending, you know, kind of, you know, barn parents over, and um, I sold three or four to, you know, different families within one barn for, um, I use it, so when I go to horse shows, I use my regular tax trunk, um, and then... I use it for, for longer horse shows, spillover stuff like um, extra bandages, extra um, blankets. You know, I mean, in Vermont, a lot of these horse shows, you go from, you know, full heavyweight blankets in the morning to, you know, sweatsheets in the afternoon. So um, it comes in handy because there's so much gear when you travel with horses. And at this Lake Placid horse show, one little boy going to college marched his parents back in and she, he said, Jennifer's gotten two of these for each of her horses. I want one too. (laughs) And he was going to college and they said, well, I guess, you know, we need to make sure you have clean sheets on your bed. So this can be your trunk at your end of your bed. Um, And another dad bought it and took it on a hunting trip and his, you know, friends bought it. So um, after his hunting trip was over, so quickly it kind of also took on a life as a as a packing case, as a suitcase, and I put wheels on it. Um, so now it's mm-hmm. available um, in both, and I'm getting ready to roll that shape into um, a really cool fabric from Italy that's very, it's kind of a technical wax canvas um, and in a gray colorway, which has always been requested. Um, I've done the browns, but some people are just, you know, blacks and grays more than browns. So I'm finally, finally getting to that. <laughs> what well, now the, the process of going from making a bag, you know, this, this wonderful, innovative accessory that you take to horse shows with you um, from one or two at a time to now mass producing these things. It really does kind of take over your life. At mm. what point did you say, this is where I really, or, or was that the plan all along, like that you really needed to invest a good chunk of each of your days into developing this company because you've added a whole series of gorgeous other products. Um, so at what point did you say, okay, I really need to dive into this and this is what my life is going to look like? It kind of did start that way at the time. I was, you know, riding, and that was really a place filler for me. I, you know, 
um, went to college, went to business school, have always worked, lived in New York. Um, it was never like I fell into wanting to work or wanting to have my own company. I've always worked in startups. Um, I worked for my husband doing um, marketing. I worked for another startup doing marketing. I left after college. I worked um, at Nickelodeon. So at the time that I was riding and kind of place filling, I had, you know, been to business school recently. um, And my most recent job was working for my husband, which I did not want to continue doing. Um, so I was in the process of kind of shortlisting, um, different ideas. One of them was also in the horse industry. I had, um, worked early as a junior, um, for a farm that liaised with, um, someone in Germany to an early importer of warm bloods. And he's a major, um, kind of figurehead in the warm German warm blood. So I had talked to him about starting an auction, how, uh, you know, a formalized, and it was before all these warm blood auctions. It was, you know, just something for the thoroughbreds and, the, um, you know, slaughter horses really. So, but a model that obviously works in Europe. So there were other ideas, real estate ideas, and I was really kind of um, honing in on, you know, I live in Vermont, so the move from New York to Vermont kind of necessitated a change from more corporate life to, um, you know, I'm from a family of entrepreneurs, so I guess I, I knew I wanted to start a company. And then... You know, I think the realization that that was the company didn't really hit me for a while. But as soon as I, you know, as soon as it was taking up my time and I saw a way to make money, I decided to pursue it for, you know, a little bit at least. Um, so I, you know, I was very receptive to the, to that becoming, especially as it started to lateralize and I kind of put my business school hat on and really made a case study out of it. And I saw that it is a nice lifestyle to attach to, you know, whether you're making handbags for someone in New York City that's never sat on a horse, you know, the purpose-built aspects um, of how it started, I think, make it, you know, uniquely, um, you know, real and um, authentic. Authentic. Um, that's a good, that's a really good word because um, there's a lot of junk out there and yeah. um you know even some of the uh, even some of the major equestrian catalog retailers they carry a lot of stuff that's got a horse stamped on it you know um and and i think that's one of the things that appeals to me about your products is that it, it feels very authentic you know on on your rolling pack trunk for example the fittings are brass you've got um halter brass halter fittings in there yeah. Um, at least I think they're brass, but they look like the real they're, thing, you know, not even the nickel plate. I mean, you can't even find... Oh, they are. It's so hard to find a triple-stitch leather halter with all brass fittings anymore. It's so, so true, right. and that is exactly right. I really wanted to stay away from um, the hackneyed equestrian stuff that everyone does with, you know, bits are stamped. And it, 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 it looks cute. I mean, I don't, I'm not disparaging that at all, but it wasn't my style or anything that I felt like I could add value to. So I really, you know, stayed away. Even when people would beg me, they'd be like, oh, a snaffle bit would like really go great there. And I'm like, it's, you know, totally been yeah. done and, and keeps being done. And I really wanted something that was subtle. And um, like, I don't, my house is not a, you know, monument to, you know, any particular horse or me as a rider. I'm a, you know, pretty diversified person. And I think a lot of the real people in the industry are pretty diversified and they don't need to, but, but they enjoy. um, So, and from a business standpoint, I obviously wanted, I'm in the hunter world, um, but my, you know, obviously jumpers are right there closely and I'm not a dressage person, but I did need something uh, that, um, left the marketplace open to as wide a range as possible. And, you know, the Western stuff might be different aesthetically, but, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the different disciplines use halters with halter squares. And (laughs) that's um, definitely true. (laughs) Yeah. And I just wanted it to be subtle. I mean, that, that was also kind of part of it is that everything had gotten so kind of bejangled and bejeweled and bedazzled and, um, you know, coach was kind of coming along and adding all this stuff. And I just really thought that there was a little hole in the market for Hermes-ish stuff, but at a whole different price point. Um, right. 
And well, you've, you know, you've done a great job. I mean, the products are just so incredible, and, and definitely, uh, Outen has an impressive resume going. I mean, you've got products that are featured in uh, magazines from Martha Stewart Living to Garden and Gun, and everything in between. You know, it's just crazy how how people are just embracing it. It's wonderful oh, um, nice. to see it all out there. Now, what is what is the, what type of products? Um, do you get featured most in the online and print publication? You know, that's been a learning curve. I didn't start in the fashion world, so um, it's all starting to make sense. I mean, a lot of fashion companies do have kind of two lines, one for press and one for real people. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, I have never, like, wanted to design like an orange bag or a bright color because that's just not really what fits within my lifestyle or, you know, I wouldn't spend $600 on, you know, something that trendy, but Mm -hmm. press is definitely um, a different animal. I mean, they do want to see more trendy merchandise, um, brighter things just for the appeal of their pages so I think, you know, in the business, a lot of um, companies do, um, and I, you know, now hire, I'm able to hire consultants that work for other companies. So it's, you know, now what I thought was true, I've been, you know, has been confirmed to me that it's, and I don't, I still am not that, you know, kind of corporate about it. I still don't. Um, so what gets featured um, there's a couple bags where it coincides, where what gets featured is actually a great sale piece. Um, mm-hmm. And I have not gotten as much press, I think, as I could have had I kind of pandered to the bright color <laughs> stuff. A lot. You know, all the magazines will sample. I mean, I have absolutely sent samples to every single magazine under the sun at their request. Um, mm-hmm. And they just, you know, a lot of times miss the pages because they wanted something that was, you know, lighter and brighter. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I just don't have the, you know, the cash wherewithal really to um, just do all the, I mean, you know, fashion is a famously kind of, um, uh, you know, cash intensive business. And I don't, you know, have investors, although that is maybe changing, but, um, you know, I just can't run, you know, parallel lines like that right now yeah and they'll bleed you dry too <laughs> they'll bleed you dry yeah oh, and I, I, get right I, out of you <laughs> totally totally <laughs> and i think also what where people are getting their information is changing um and blogs and pinterest and all that stuff is um you know taking a lot of eyeballs and and so my strategy is kind of evolving with that too um so the mm-hmm. pr- print press is less important to me than it once was right Right. Now, Dizzy, you followed, you're the first one um, out of our little group here to have started following out on Pinterest, which is a, a really great resource. Yes, yes. We we really follow them pretty closely, and, and, and you guys follow us pretty closely, too, yes. <laughs> which is kind yes. of fun, which is really kind of fun. Um, yeah, it just, you know, it, it tells, I think your Pinterest board tells, the story of what Outen really is, oh, you know. That's great to hear. The, yeah, the, the classic lines, the understated thing. It's just really, um, it tells a nice story about the company when you take the time to really go through your boards. And um, it's very enjoyable. So to our listeners, if you haven't fo- been following Outen Limited on Pinterest, um, definitely go to their Pinterest uh, account and, uh, and follow them because it's, it's good stuff. And there's a lot. There's a lot of great ideas and and inspiration and detail. You know, that's one of the things that that makes the Outen product line stand out from the other stuff that we see in our our question catalogs. Is you know, from stitching to fittings to the innovative uses, uh, like Daphne was saying. You know, the, all that stuff. It, it, so the Pinterest boards actually give us a chance to look at the, the product photos up close, and then it creates context. You know, it's just like those uh-huh. old Volkswagen commercials. It, you know, can you identify with this brand? You know, like if you drive yeah. a Volkswagen, then you're this cool. Well, you know, um, what you've set up on Pinterest really defines the context of your brand. And I can see a lot of – I. it's just such a clear, articulate niche for you that, you know, they're women like – Sissy and Jen and me, who 
ha- we don't have a lot of money, but we do want to invest in something that's unique, sophisticated, and by golly, it has to stand up to the beatings we give it because it's going right. to get dragged from horse show to horse show and, um, you know, from hunt to hunt. I think yeah. having um, some of these bags would be great for, for fox hunting. And, you know, I know the fox hunting thing has not really been done to death, but we're just saying, you know, if you need some ideas. Yes. <laughs> I do because I don't hunt myself. I wish I did. We don't have a hunt here. Um, so, but I, you know, thank you for saying all that. And I think, you know, it just comes from an honest place. I mean, it comes from a life lived with horses, you know, kind of full stop. I mean, I, you know, the, how the halter squares evolved is a funny story, but, but very real. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in Lexington, um, with my old hunter trainer, and my father was in the thoroughbreds, and she went out to Lexington to help advise him with his thoroughbreds. I grew up on a thoroughbred farm and stayed, like literally never came back to continue her career as a, you know, as a hunter-jumper trainer. And, but she's still one of my best friends and the you know, godmother to my children and now has a huge, huge um, broodmare farm, 80 mares and you know, 80 weanlings in years, 240 head basically. So we were waiting for a male, and I go out to help um, sometimes when I not anymore um, to help her full her mares because she is at every single foaling, and it's just you know great fun for me. Um, and Lexington's such a great place. And we were sitting waiting for a mare to full, and there was a trash can full of old halters, like you know turnout halters. And I said, do not throw those that brass away. I mean, you know, the leather shot, but we're, I mean, you're not going to throw those. That could be a great belt or something. So we sat there cutting the brass halter squares off. And I mean, there's a whole other kind of crazy story about she, you know, shipped the brass halters to me. And that was um, what I ended up using on my first bag. Um, so that, and then, you know, and then everyone's like, oh, that's great. And I thought I'd do belts too, but um, never really quite figured that one out. But um, so, <laughs> you know, it all just comes, you know, the Pinterest board is really the same. It just comes from a really honest place. Like I happen to be redoing a new house and a lot of, you know, my time spent on Pinterest is just lifestyle stuff. And, I want to be a lifestyle company like, you know, the sales is a nice byproduct um, and I couldn't do it without the sales. But at the same time, I, I, you know, I like the community as much as anything. I've got two small kids. So uh, a small company with a real community and a real um, cool high-end lifestyle niche is perfect for me. Um, and it's, well, you know, it's where I think the economy is going. I mean, I think, you know, People are not wanting mass produced. They're wanting the kind of you know niche artisanal products, and that's what I try to seek out. Um, I try not to buy you know China made, um, and so it's you know maybe one day going to all come together. <laughs> so what's, what's coming up um, this fall, or what's new? So you've got so on your website right now, um, you've got a really nice selection of totes, handbags, luggage, accessories. Um, what will you be adding? What should we keep our eyes open for? So I year? am adding um, the blacks and grays. So, um, and it is so kind of um, the inspiration crosses. So I have gravitated towards that for my home and really fallen in love with, you know, grays myself and yellows and blacks and golds. So I've, pretty much brought that into my line. So out of Italy, I have two wonderful kind of high-end bags, a work tote um, to replace a tote that I sold out of a long time ago and just couldn't figure out um, how to get remade um, affordably. Um, And then I've got kind of a purse um, to go with that. So the tote is a bigger work tote and the purse is a smaller and it's grays with brass halter hardware, blacks, um, leathers, um, a, sur- a real surcingle on one. It's going to be really um, pretty great. And ironically, my Italian agent's wife rides and has a cashmere blanket line in Italy. So she's been really, it's, I mean, that has really fallen into place because he does work for Barney's and all these 
um, great places, and it just so happens that he's interested in working with me because his wife pressures him to do so. <laughs> um, <laughs> otherwise, I could never access him. And then out of another factory that I have, I'm doing that gray kind of technical line. It's a very, um, you know, different look um, than the very sumptuous Italian, but it will go towards the big packing cases and... Um, you know, the bigger pieces, very kind of rugged and indestructible, kind of utilitarian chic um, gray. But it is also Italian-made fabric and very nice. Um, and that will go into a lot of the kind of purpose-built things that you take to the barn. Um, so I do, you know, having those two customers, I do kind of try to take my themes in those two directions. Mm-hmm. So, but it'll well, be we, are really, we are really, really looking forward to seeing all the new stuff coming out. Thank so. you. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll always have more gifts. I mean, that's been a huge um, area for me. So I haven't thought through that yet, but um, that, that line will continue um, to expand, the small leather good gift kind of things. Because those are just fun and easy. They are. <laughs> they are. And, you know, so much of, of commerce these days is that, you know, gifts and um, that you really need. And you can do color in smaller pieces. So I, I can, you know, kind of check a lot of boxes. And, you, you, you know, have, my yeah. spend is not that big. Yeah. Now, will you be um, attending the American Equestrian Trade Association show this year? You know, I I cannot do that this year. I um, have to really pick my travel very, very judiciously with two. I've got a four- and a six-year-old. Um, and I, in terms of retailers, really like to hand pick them and it's a little, it's maybe cross purposes to go and open myself up to people that I then, you know, can't really work with because I've got someone there or, um, and I'm not sure that the tax shop alone is my perfect, um, retailer, Mm. um, but it's some kind of cross of that and lifestyle and there are a lot of those shops. Um, and so I really, um, you know, shoot with a rifle on, on cultivating because it, it is so much about merchandising and I, I really need to, you know, just pick the people that will make a good match. Um, it's a lesson I learned from a previous company and, um, that, you know, really got to very closely control how your brand is shown to the public because you can lose a whole company by just, you know, retailing to anybody and have them, you know, throw it on a dusty shelf. And then, then you know, then you can't really, you know, make sense of selling $800 Italian bags. Isn't it amazing? It's how, how nuanced the, the management of your brand has to be in order to yeah. stay successful long, long-term. It's, it's a lot of work, and we give you a tremendous amount of credit. Um, you know, and it's nice that you have, you've got a history, uh, a work history behind you that, prepares you it, it it sort of predisposes you to raising that red flag or looking out among your you know your landscape with with a, a cautionary eye um so you know good for you I'd, i'm kind of bummed because i'd love to touch this stuff <laughs> very much it's true and i do want it a little <laughs> we'll absolutely i do need to find more retailers there is no question about that so I will not be at AETA. I will do some um, consumer shows. Um, I have reps that are more in the consumer world, and I know the the tax shops that I need to be in. So um, I will put that on the front burner at some point um, soon, I promise. Well, you're not and, too um, far from us, so we may just drive up to Vermont and see you. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, well, I am right thinking about opening up my own retail here as just kind of a test <laughs> test case so I can merchandise them myself and see what works. So yeah, yeah, maybe by then a, I'll have that done. You have a link. This is factory tour. Yeah, that's um, the real factory, not like a factory store. Oh, yeah, That's the okay. actual. So that means we can't come <laughs> up? No coffee and crumpets? Yes, you can absolutely come up and I'll create a little um, retail for you guys. Oh, there you go. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, Daphne, we, we have to... Uh, we do. We have to wrap up. We've got um, a little bit more of our show to do. I can't tell you how much we appreciate having you on. It's really good to hear what goes on um, underneath the hood of, of a company and a brand such as yours. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you yes. so much for having me. 
And we will post links to Alton's website, Pinterest board, and any other place that you can find them on our website. And we will also feature them on Chasing a Fox on Facebook coming up in the next week or so. So keep an eye out for that. Ridingwarehouse.com, your one-stop online tack shop. A huge selection of your favorite products and brands, but also including really unique and hard-to-find items like knee patch and full-seat riding jeans with cargo pockets, rigging converters, and a wide variety of bitless bridles. Listeners of the Horse Radio Network can use the coupon code RADIO for 15% off their order this month only, plus free shipping over $50 or $5 for second-day air, and a return policy like no other in the business and that is free returns for one year both ways. You can find it all at ridingwarehouse.com. Give them a chance and save 15%. Use the coupon code RADIO at checkout. we got to go to Vermont. Yeah, we go to Florida. We've already been to Virginia. We got, we got places to go and people to see. And it's, it's funny, too, because when I first came down here and I went out, because every place you hunt, it's different, uh, right. you know, the mid-Atlantic's different from the Northeast, and I came down here. And the, the, the country is different. The hounds behave different. Everything is different. So it was really kind of a unique and, and cool experience when I came down here and tried it, too. So come on down. It's fun. I think that's well, what, be- what is different about it? What, what do the hounds do that's different? Just curious. The hounds, see, and I'm not a fox hunt. I'm not a, a hound expert. I'm not a kettleman. I'm not a huntsman. Right. But the hounds seemed, from my point of view, to work as a tighter pack. Ah. Mm. Um, It was my experience, particularly in the mid-Atlantic states, that the hounds sort of cast out, and they were all working on their own, and the first guy to find the golden ticket, everybody chased him. It was like, oh, yeah, there we are. And it almost seemed as if they were working in unison. Down. And they don't. They're all sniffing for a, a scent. But they were a much tighter group. Maybe because the ones who wander off by themselves get eaten by an alligator. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe there's safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. But they, they seem to stay closer to, to as a pack unit that way, um, was my impression. Maybe I'll have to get somebody on who is a huntsman that can tell me about that sort of thing. But I thought that was fascinating. And the country down here is very different because it's pretty much perfectly flat. Uh-huh. Um, and the only obstacles in your, it's, there's more underfoot than ab- above your head. When you hunt up north in the north, north, northeast, you're constantly ducking, right? Yes. Yeah. Duck and weave, duck and weave, duck and weave. You get your head taken off. Wear yeah. branch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You don't get clotheslined. Right. <laughs> Down here, it's the reverse. Your horse has to be very nimble footed. Because the the footing is just crazy. You go from hard pack to swamp to loose beach sand to a maze of palm roots and back again in 100 yards. Wow. Uh, hmm. So it, it's crazy. The, the footing is really crazy. So you have to have a horse who is very sure on his feet. And hmm. you have to be very trusting to just let him do it because you cannot micromanage that yeah 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 so quarter horses would probably do well hunting down there you know i'm amazed the the few times i've been out and i've i I haven't gone out with the the drag hunt up north i've gone out with the live hunt down south um very high percentage of thoroughbreds and thoroughbred crosses because most people who hunt down here also either do jumpers or eventing Mm. ah yeah and the weave and believe it or not because florida is a very very uh, big combined driving and pleasure driving state we have a, a few people who have their driving horses that also are riding horses and fox hunt that's awesome hmm. i love that a, cool? i love that, that, that the horses are so well-rounded they have all these different jobs all these different jobs now the, obviously the folks who are staff members they have speciality horses and uh some of the people who are diehard members will have a horses that just hunt yeah and then they just hack mm-hmm. around and something else i thought was interesting is they have the hunter pace events here constantly even in the summer they're they're hunter paces all over the place really yeah we're gonna that, that's gonna be our next show i think uh, um hunting down south because it is such a unique environment um it's exciting it's challenging boars and alligators notwithstanding 
<laughs> no, thank pudding, you. No, thank you. The pudding challenges aren't, they're not intimidating. Um, I like the fact that the, the topography is flat. Does that mean then that you can, um, that the speeds are faster? Do you, do you move out more quickly than you would say? It depends. It depends on the individual cover you're at. Some of the places are pretty open and you can fly it along at a pretty good pace. Mm-hmm. Um, the couple that I have been to, the pace was, I would say, a medium. I didn't, I found mid-Atlantic hunting thus far the fastest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's perfectly set up for that, isn't it? There with yeah. the yeah. rolling hills and open fields. And-, and, and, you know, when they come to the occasional ditch or cliff, they just go, go across it without slowing down. <laughs> it's a cultural thing. Cultural thing. I guess so. That's a little bit Irish to me. <laughs> well, I think we have a whole Southern hunting show coming up in our future. What do you think, Sissy? I think that's a great idea. I'm yeah. sure we've got lots of friends that are down south that would talk to us. And, and I think we need to go down south. I think we need to take Absolutely. a little business you need to, trip. You need to test Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yep. Yep, we have yep. lots of extra stalls here, a spare bedroom. We're good. We're really good. <laughs> Sunny weather. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can keep going and going and going about this, but we won't. We'll save it for a future episode. Thank you very much to Coach Jen for joining Sissy and I on Chasing a Fox um, in our new home inside the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We will yeah. be here once every month. So the first Friday of every month, you can expect Stable Scoop to feature us girls from chasing a fox and um we appreciate daphne Marcro from out and limited joining us today thank you for listening in today we hope you will join us on facebook where we feature fabulous functional and fun apparel advice for fox hunters and their friends if you are a fox hunter and would like to be on the show send a message to email at chasingafox.com. we love to get to know our fans And if you're interested in learning more about fox hunting, send us a note and we will gladly share our resources. We've hooked up more than a few fans with some local hunts and they've reported back to us that they are addicted. (laughs) And while you're at it, be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Many thanks to today's sponsors. (laughs) They are Sparkle and Boom. American Horsewoman's Challenge, Easy Signs Online, and Riding Warehouse. You can find links to our sponsors' websites at chasingafox.com or at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks again for following along. We will be back in one month with more from Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. And, of course, Glenn and Helena will be back next week with another fantastically fun and fascinating episode of Stable Scoop. If you haven't done so already, download the free Horse Radio Network app for your iPhone or your Android so that you can have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Download it today. It's quick, it's free, and it's easy. Now go ride your horse. <laughs>